Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Friday, September 11th edition of ATS.io Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Here on our Friday editions of the show, I'm going to go through my thoughts for the weekend here in the Circa Sports Million. We've joined that contest once again for this year. We have two entries in it, ATS.io-1, ATS.io-2. The Dash 2 entry will be mine and will be the ATS.io radio podcast entry for the Circus Sports Million. So I'll do that here on Fridays, talking about my thoughts, my picks, my leans for the NFL card here. Uh, We don't have to have our picks in until 4 o'clock on Saturday. So a lot of things can change between then and now, but these are my thoughts here, at least as of uh, Friday late morning, early afternoon. I want to get these out to you here and you know, we sort of try to make the contests, uh, you know, something that we follow over at ATS.io. We were previously doing this over at Bang the Book. We were in the Super Contest and also in the Circa Million. Only doing the Circa Million this year. Do have an entry in the Circa Survivor Contest as well. But with the rake-free format of the Circa Million, and I'll talk about all that here in a couple of minutes, uh, we are only doing that contest here uh, as far as the five games a week NFL contests go. But I'll share my thoughts here on Fridays on ATS.io Radio. I have had some people reach out asking about Brent, the head odds maker from DSI Sportsbook. With the move over to ATS, which is a U.S.-facing site, we don't have anything to do with the offshores anymore. So with that in mind, can't have Brent on the show because he is an odds maker at one of those offshore sportsbooks. So just wanted to make that clear here today at the top of today's show. I know a lot of people liked that odds report segment with Brent. I apologize for that. Things are very fluid with the show here. We're kind of seeing what works, what doesn't. Uh, You know, as we, as you know, we're only doing football content three days a week here, as opposed to five days a week now doing the betters box on Tuesdays. So things are very fluid. We're still trying to work out our format and our schedule here for the podcast content. But in any event, we won't have an odds maker here uh, on the Friday shows, at least for now. So I do apologize for that. And for those that did enjoy that segment over at ATS.io, tons and tons of content, lots of game preview content for the upcoming weekend here uh, in college football and the NFL, my MLB picks and tips piece up over there on a daily basis as well. Tons of stuff going on. I highly encourage you check all of that out over at ATS.io. All right, so for the Circa Million here, it is week one last year in the contest. I went 40, 43, and two. Had a couple of 0 and 5 weeks that really buried me. Uh, You know, it is a very challenging thing here. It doesn't seem like it. You know, the the format for this thing feels very easy. Five picks against the spread, against stale numbers that come out on Thursday morning. It sounds easy, but finding five games that you like every single week in the NFL – can be a really big challenge. And again, this is limited to sides only. There are no totals or a few totals plays I kind of like this week, but it's not like you can do teasers. It's not like you can do props. It's not like you can do totals. It is sides only. And finding five sides in a very you know efficient NFL market can be a challenging thing. So last year, 40, 43, and two for me, certainly hoping for better results here uh, with this season. The field as a whole last year, 75,171 winning picks, 73,108 losing picks, 4,426 pushes. 
that is 50.7%. We had 1,875 people in the Circus Sports Million last year. This year, we're up over 2,600 already, and signups don't stop until, I believe, Sunday morning or Saturday afternoon, something like that. There was supposed to be an overlay in this contest. There's a guaranteed $3 million prize pool with the idea that, you know, look, the, the contest was supposed to grow this year. Derek Stevens opening up the Circa Hotel and Casino property here uh, at the end of October, at least for the casino. Uh, reservations start in December for the hotel. You know, a big push here, a big marketing push from Circa Sports doing the $3 million guaranteed prize pool. And then COVID happened. And we thought that there would be a big overlay in this contest because, again, it's a $3 million guaranteed prize pool. So any number of entries up to 3000 would be an overlay. But right now, with the overlay in play, still at a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, the, a lot of people have decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get in this, especially with what looks like, you know, an NFL season that we're all hoping is going to go off without a hitch. But it's a $1,000 entry, rake-free, which unlike the Super Contest, which takes 8% for an administration fee, there is no rake in the Circa Million. So a lot of people preferring that this year over the Westgate Super Contest. And like I said, we've seen a lot of signups here over the last couple of weeks. Last year, the consensus in the Circa Million, which was the most popular side in each specific game, or each individual game, I should say, 127, 119, and 5. The top 5 consensus, the 5 most popular plays of the week, went 43, 39, and 4. There was a week where there were 2 games that tied for 5th most popular sides. So 43, 39, and 4 for those. That's why you get 86 instead of 85. But as far as this contest goes, lots of things to consider. And you know there are variations of the Super Contest or the Circa Million out there. A lot of different pools that people get into on Twitter or at their various sports books, stuff like that. A lot of times the format is pretty standard across the board here. But like I said, it is five games against stale spreads. And there are a lot of things to consider here when you talk about a contest like this. First and foremost, obviously, you want to pick winners. You know, you want to have a good record. You want to pick games and win those games and wind up putting yourself in a very good position. But as you go throughout this contest here, there's a lot of game theory that comes into play because some people are, you know, contrarian handicappers. They want to try and fade the popular consensus sides. Other times, you kind of have to make some decisions about playing games with a half point spread. Because a push in a contest of upwards of 3,000 contestants, a half a point doesn't really do you a whole lot of good. You want that full point. So as we get deeper into the season here, if you are playing catch-up, you don't want the same wins as everybody else, and you don't want the possibility of a push because you want full points as opposed to half points. So there are some game theory elements that come into play with this contest as we move forward here. Of course... You've got the added wrinkles this year of COVID-19. You're going to see some late injury reports as well. So a lot of times you try to wait as long as you possibly can to get your picks in for these games. And that's why in a lot of cases, we don't see a lot of people taking the Thursday night game because you have to have your full card squared away in order to pick that Thursday game. All five of your plays have to go in at once. 
So if you want to take that Thursday night game, you're taking some chances with the injury reports for the Saturday and the Sunday games. So it is very difficult to take that Thursday night game. And in fact, last year, specifically for the Super Contest, Thursday night results were not good at all. I want to say it was maybe 4 and you know 13 or something like that as the consensus side on Thursday night. So it was a very difficult thing to get that Thursday night game correct and then also carry over the rest of the card into the weekend. So that is definitely a very challenging thing here uh, with the Circa Million as well as the Super Contest. So over at ATS.io, we will have articles. We'll have a Saturday article detailing the picks and the consensus and all of that for both the Circa Million and the Super Contest. And then we'll have Tuesday recap articles based on how we did, how the field did, all those types of things. So again, as I said, we're in the Circa Million this year with the rake-free entry. We didn't do the Super Contest. And of course, we'll see how things play out for us in the Circa. So like I said, I will be talking about my picks and my leans here on Friday editions of ATS.io Radio. I will go through by rotation number. And I'll talk about a lot of different things. I'll talk about, you know, market movement, where some lines have gone relative to these stale numbers. I'll talk about stats. I'll talk about, you know, different elements that are coming into play with my handicap and hopefully wind up being part of winning picks here for the Circa Million. So we start for this week here with my first very likely pick. Again, nothing is set in stone because I've got till Saturday afternoon and injury reports and and especially this year uh, with COVID testing and all that. Nothing set fully in stone, but these are very likely picks for me for the Circa Million. Number 20, the Green Bay Packers are plus two and a half here. We discussed this game on Thursday's edition of ATS.io Radio with Brad Powers. And there is a video over on our ATS YouTube page of us discussing this game. And it was kind of a consensus opinion, you know, really, that we like the Packers here in this spot. I actually do like teasing the Packers up a little bit more. That is something uh, that I think is a very, very good play here. But, you know, look, the Packers, again, everybody agrees that Green Bay was a fraudulent 13-3 and team last year. You look from a point differential standpoint, they were in the plus 60s in point differential that's not the mark of a 13-3 and team. And as we went into the playoffs, a lot of people were looking to fade the Packers, you know, sort of looking for that regression to the mean. Now, I don't think the Packers are a great team long-term for this season. However, I think in week one, there are a lot of reasons to like the Packers. First of all, and we did see this play out on Thursday night, and of course, the Kansas City Chiefs are just a great football team, one of the best teams here in the AFC, one of the best teams in the NFL, and of course, the reigning Super Bowl champions. But their level of continuity really helped. You know, Houston scored on that first possession. And then after that, it was really Kansas City's game. And they had a lot of continuity, a lot of carryover from the previous season. The Packers have a lot of that as well. You know, they've got Aaron Rodgers. They've got that quality running game. You know, they did lose a couple of pieces and parts at wide receiver. But you, know, you still have that Rodgers and Devontae Adams rapport. You know, the offensive line, they lost a guy like Brian Bulaga, but they played so much without him anyway that, you know, it doesn't really matter too much in my estimation. But the Vikings have a lot of turnover. They have a new offensive coordinator in Gary Kubiak. They don't have Stephon Diggs anymore. They've got some turnover on the defensive side of the ball as well. I don't think the Packers are a great team. 
but they were a great first quarter team last year. And I think that that's something that they can rely on. Matt LaFleur, very, very good game planner. They outscored the opposition 6.4 to 3.7 in the first quarter last year. And Minnesota was a slower starter, both in terms of scoring points and allowing points. So you add in roster turnover, you add in the Packers likely playing from in front for the majority of this game based on their previous success in the first quarter. And for some intangible angles here too, you got to think Aaron Rodgers has something to prove, right? A decent season last year, but of course they draft Jordan Love in the first round as we talked about uh, over the summer in a variety of different ways. Aaron Rodgers probably has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder here coming into this season, but I think more importantly than that, they don't turn the football over. And, and, and one of the reasons why they wound up with that 13-3 and record last year is that they didn't make mistakes. You know, they didn't turn the football over. They took great care of it. And I think especially in week one here, as all of these teams are kind of trying to figure everything out, kind of find their sea legs here, I think as long as you don't make it easier on the opposition, on teams that are working to figure it out, on teams that have some level of turnover, I think you're in good shape here in week one. And I think the Packers are in good shape, plus two and a half here, uh, one of my very likely picks for week one of the Circa Million. And one last point here to make, there are a lot of division games here this week. Division Dogs, 38-16-1 in the last 55 games in week one. So the Packers do fit that little system or trend, whatever you want to call it there. And I do like them here in this spot, plus two and a half. Another team that I don't think will hurt themselves in week one is number 21, the Los Angeles Chargers. They're a three-point favorite as they take on the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm a believer in this Chargers team. I do like them a fair amount here for this season. And I know they don't have Derwin James anymore. And I know that their offensive productivity could go down a little bit with the difference from Phillip Rivers to Terod Taylor. But the thing about Taylor is this. He takes care of the football. And last year, one of the biggest issues for the Chargers was their offensive line. And, you know, as a corollary point to that, Phillip Rivers can't move. You know, how many third and ones did they have where they had to hand it off or throw a pass play or, you know, hope they got enough protection for Rivers to get the ball away? Taylor can make plays with his legs, and he takes great care of the football. He's a very mobile game manager. And I know people look at the term game manager in a very negative light, but again, I think it helps here this week because you're facing a Cincinnati team with Joey Burrow. And yeah, they've got Joe Mixon and they've got A.J. Green and they've got you know Tyler Boyd. They've got some skill position guys that can play, but the game is going to speed up on Burrow here. And also too, while Green is a very good player, while Mixon's a very good player, this isn't a scenario where in every individual matchup across the field, Burrow has an advantage like he did at LSU. I mean, teams just couldn't cover LSU and they ran a very, very good offensive scheme. With the Chargers, they've got a pass rush with Joey Bosa. They've got a pass rush on the interior now with Linval Joseph, who I think can neutralize that Cincinnati running game. I like the pick of Kenneth Murray. I like Denzel Perriman. Yeah, they lost Derwin James, as I mentioned already, but they've got some great depth here on defense, and in particular, in the back seven. I think the Chargers are less likely to make mistakes here than the Bengals are. The Bengals are a team that will go through some more growing pains this season, not only with Burrow, but also with a young head coach, an inexperienced head coach in Zach Taylor. 
So I like the Chargers here minus three for a variety of different reasons. I think the offensive line should be improved and the numbers will be better with Taylor and his mobility there. So give me the Chargers minus three, number 21 here uh, in the Circa Million. Next on my very likely list of picks here, number 25, the New Orleans Saints. They're a three and a half point favorite as they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm really curious to see how this one plays out from a consensus standpoint, but I'll take the Saints here. Again, continuity of factor. They've got a lot of that with some carryover from last season. They've got a great back seven. They're secondary, one of the best in the NFL. They've got a good group of linebackers as well. A lot of Ohio State guys back there on defense. They just seem to communicate well. They just seem to play very well together. And I think that's a problem for Tom Brady. You know, last year, we saw a lot of throws that Tom Brady couldn't make. And you you talk about the Patriots offense, it is a lot of slants and quick outs and stuff like that. And he just didn't have the arm strength to really get the ball out when he needed to. In the Bruce Arians offense and the Byron Leftwich offense, there's some more vertical passing to be had here. And you talk about guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and guys that can stretch the field a little bit. Can Tom Brady get them the football? Can he make those throws? Can he make those plays? I don't think Rob Gronkowski is much anymore. I'm not going to look at him as too much of a factor week in and week out until proven otherwise. And I don't think Sean Payton and the Saints are going to do that either. I think they're going to worry about what they need to do on the outside in order to prevent those big plays. And again, I just don't think that Tom Brady has it in the arm anymore to make a lot of the throws that are required in this Bruce Arians offense. Now, you're probably sitting there listening saying, well, what about Drew Brees? We saw the same concerns with him, and that's absolutely true. Drew Brees' arm strength was not there last season either, but I'm far more confident in the Saints' defense. I know Tampa Bay's defense expected to be better here this year, and certainly without Jameis Winston giving the opposition some short fields, the Bucs' defense probably will be improved. But I think here in week one, I think the Saints are better equipped For this particular matchup, I think can control the game with their defense, with Alvin Kamara, with some Taysom Hill, who I'm sure that they're going to work in. And I want to fade the Bucs hype a little bit here, too. I think Tampa Bay could be a decent team as the season goes along, depending on how Tom Brady fits in this offense. But I think here in week one, with the heightened level of continuity and chemistry for the Saints, I think they're the play here. So, My three very likely plays to make the card, Packers plus two and a half, Chargers minus three, Saints minus three and a half. Now, a list of leans here, because again, you've got to find five plays in these contests, and that can be a difficult thing to do depending on the week, and especially here in week one with a lot of just general uncertainty, not having a preseason and all of that. Number six, the Cleveland Browns are plus eight. No, I know I just talked a lot about continuity uh, with the games that I do like here that are on my card, and continuity is a concern for the Browns. They've got a new head coach in Kevin Stefanski. They've got some new play callers. They've got some new schemes. They've got a new tight end to work in in Austin Hooper, but I think this may be something that actually helps the Browns in this scenario. This isn't a lack of continuity with a questionable offense. This is a lack of continuity with a team that has a ton of talent. Can Baker Mayfield make the throws? That's the question. But also, they can have a lot of high percentage running plays with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So I think there are some really big positives here for the Browns going into week one. 
I think it's a negative for Baltimore that they haven't seen this version of the Browns offense. Now, it's easier said than done trying to stop Lamar Jackson, but the Browns have seen this scheme already. Their players are very familiar with it, and look, they did a pretty good job in that game that they won on the road at Baltimore last year. Not to say it's an easy task by any means, but the Browns are getting over a touchdown here. I think they can be creative, and and there are some concerns. Don't get me wrong. The back seven, there's no Mac Wilson. Greedy Williams is still out. Grant Delpit is out. Those are not positions that you want to be lacking uh, when you talk about going up against Lamar Jackson. So that's why this is a lean for me. But again, I think the Browns offense can do some good things here in this game. And they are getting an eight-point head start in this one. So the Browns plus eight, one of my leans here for week one in the Circa Million. This one I think is a little bit of a stronger lean. And this one may wind up making it on my card here. Number 14, the Washington football team plus five and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles already have some injury concerns. Hargrave and Jeffrey did not practice. Sanders, Barnett, and Johnson all limited. The Redskins overall pretty healthy, which is a pretty rare development for them. I like the Ron Rivera hire. Now, maybe they could have gone with something a little bit more creative, but Jay Gruden, you know, maybe offensively kind of helped at times, but didn't really help on the whole. He was a guy that was clearly trying to get out of there by the time it was all said and done. I think Ron Rivera commands respect with a pretty young team here overall. I do like that. I think they will be focused. They will be engaged. They will be sufficiently motivated. I think Dwayne Haskins has some pretty solid weapons overall. Chase Young obviously will be a disruptor on the defensive side. But I also think part of this here too is that I think the Eagles are a little bit overrated at the outset. I know Carson Wentz wound up playing very well last year, but Not a whole lot of consistency from the wide receivers. The back seven was not good for Philadelphia. This feels to me like a little bit of a big number. Again, there's a little more continuity on the Philadelphia side. Like this number is just a little bit too large here. We're getting five, which is an important number in the NFL now with the increase in missed extra points. We're getting three and four. To me, this number is probably more like three, three and a half, but it's up there at five and a half. I think Washington could be a surprising team here this season. So the Washington football team, plus five and a half here uh, on my short list of games. And again, I will try as much as I can not to refer to them as the Redskins uh, early on in the season here because they are the Washington football team for this year. The Indianapolis Colts, number 17, they're an eight-point favorite here against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I wanted seven on Arizona. So I think the Colts maybe take Arizona out of the equation uh, with the Arizona line being at six and a half. Look, the Colts, I love their coaching staff. I think Frank Reich is a very good head coach. I like Nick Sirianni. I like Matt Eberfluss. They've got a good coaching staff here that they can really build around. Phillip Rivers in his first start, I think he is an upgrade as a passer over Jacoby Brissett. Not that Brissett was bad by any means, but Rivers is a better passer. They've got some more ability now in the passing game. And they've, of course, got a great running game with Marlon Mack, with Jonathan Taylor. They've got T.Y. Hilton healthy right now. This is a very good-looking offense. The offensive line will be improved. Uh, We'll see if Costanza winds up being able to play here in this game. But I think this is a very, very solid, very efficient offensive football team. The defense is fast, and the defense is talented. Jacksonville, 
just a bad team here. You know, lots of trades, losses of defensive personnel. I don't think they can run. I don't think they can pass. They've got limited wide receiver weapons. And they're going to fall behind in this game, in all likelihood. The Jaguars were the only team in the NFL last year that allowed over a touchdown per game in the first quarter. So they're going to be playing from behind. And I think the Colts, with their ability to run the football with ball control, with an efficient offense that's going to move the chains, I think they just gradually and systematically wear down Jacksonville in this game. So Colts minus eight on my short list of leans here. Uh, We'll see if that one winds up being one of the plays for the Circa Million card. Finally, number 32, the Denver Broncos are plus two and a half at home here against the Tennessee Titans. And there was a big adjustment to this line with the Von Miller injury. And you can certainly understand why Von Miller, very, very good player on the defensive side there for the Broncos. But one of the big things here is that, you know, in the NFL market, we are slaves to what we've most recently seen. And the Titans had that great playoff run. They had that great end of the regular season. They went to Ryan Tannehill. Everything changed for them. They wound up being one of the most efficient offensive teams in the NFL, you know, over the last eight, nine weeks. But this is the start of a new season here. And you've got Corey Davis already hobbled. And you're playing in altitude. Again, limited OTAs, limited contact in practice and all that kind of thing. Now you got to go play in the thin air of Denver where the Broncos in weeks one and two are very, very good. We talked about that on ATS.io radio yesterday with Brad Powers. I think it was 33 and four straight up for Denver in in weeks one and two over the last 37 games at home. The altitude is a factor. It is an advantage early on in the year when these teams aren't up to midseason form. Now, the reason why this is a lean and not a pick is because I don't know if I want to fully buy into Drew Locke as of yet. The Broncos do have weapons. They do have the ability to have a very good running game. But I don't know about Locke here against a pretty decent Tennessee Titans defense. They're not great, but they're not bad. So that's why this one is just a lean for me. We'll see what happens with some of the injuries and stuff like that. But again, kind of a narrative intangibly based handicap of Von Miller being out is that when you lose a superstar, everybody else kind of picks it up a little bit. And over the long haul, not having that star player does ultimately hurt, but everybody picks it up a little bit to the degree that, you know, for a week or two, you can overcome that or maybe even a little bit longer. So I think everybody does a little bit more in the absence of Von Miller. Maybe that's enough. Maybe it's not, but the Broncos plus two and a half on my list of leans here. So again, to recap, my list of very likely picks, Packers plus two and a half, Chargers minus three, Saints minus three and a half. And my list of leans here, Browns plus eight, Washington plus five and a half, Colts minus eight, and Broncos plus two and a half. You'll get both of our official cards and our Circus Survivor pick on Saturday over at ATS.io. We'll also be covering the Super Contest for you as the season goes along. And we'll have those recap articles for the two contests coming up on Tuesday. We'll be back again on Monday with Kyle Hunter from huntersportspicks.com on the ATS.io radio podcast. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Good luck this weekend, and I'll talk to you again on Monday.